swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chests and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. You can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. I don't even know what Apple's calling themselves anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Google Play, Stitcher Radio, all that stuff. You look for control issues, you find it, you download it, you subscribe to it, you rate it, you review it. Uh, head on over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. And also head on over to Twitter. My control issues is the handle. And, you know, we wouldn't mind if you guys would hit us up uh, at control issues pod at gmail.com because, you know, we, we just want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. AMC, how you living? Well, the uh, continue. This is the end of Halloween. By the time you hear this, Halloween will have come and gone. I hope you got all your your, your costume in your your scares, your your treats, and yes, getting ready to burn off all that sugar <laughs> that you've just all been them, all consuming. Them tricks. <laughs> tricks and your treats. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty much a, a continuation of uh, October and all my Halloween weeks. We went to a haunted train ride yesterday. Went with the family, Theo, Marissa. We got on these mini trains and all conducted by these, you know, just volunteers. It was great. All older people. Uh, it was at mm-hmm. nighttime. They had jack-o'-lanterns. <laughs> they had in- inflatable ghosts. They had horrible hor- horror sounds, horrible horror sounds. Yeah. <laughs> one of the highlights was at one point. So we're riding around. As I said, the important part about this is all older people as the train conductors. And so we're riding around. It's about like a, it's a good, I want to say like 10 minute ride. So it's, it's pretty lengthy. Uh, you're going pretty slow. Nobody's strapped in. You're kind of just straddled onto the train, which is basically like these, um, basically like these seats. And so they're going There's slow no because, safety measures whatsoever. Yeah, there are absolutely no safety measures. And as we're going around, we eventually just stop at this one point and the conductor just gets out and we're, we're all just sitting like, okay. And he's like, yeah, just, just need a quick break. Dude just gets out to take a piss in a porta potty <laughs> mid ride. Maybe a shit. Cause it was completely, like a <laughs> what completely you breaking the fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> And the funny part too is there's this ghoul that's just sitting there alongside the train going ah, 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 over and over again. And Marissa makes the yeah, Marissa makes the comment. She's like, "I'm glad we're not right next to the ghoul, or Theo might be freaking out right now." <laughs> yeah, the guy just takes off for a good five minutes. So he could have actually just taken a quick shit, but you know, five minutes that, that seems like a really quick shit. Uh, but he, he he definitely took off. 
handled his business in the porta potty, comes back and continues the ride. It was absolutely awesome. We get out. Theo won't get off of the train because he wants to go for another round. So I have to try to pry his little legs off of him, take him away. Went, went from there, went to King's Hawaiian. I have a yes. thing. I have a special thing about uh, ever since I went to this place, Ruts, that's a Hawaiian restaurant. And the first time I ever had a Loco Moco, that's all I've ever thought about. Absolutely love it. You know what a Loco Moco is? I have no idea. It is. So it's a bed of white rice. On top of that, they put burger patties. And then on top mm. of that, they put fried eggs. And then on top mm. of that, they put gravy. <laughs> uh, and that is that a sounds like a, It sounds like Hawaiian poutine. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely amazing. My favorite Hawaiian dish. And, um, you know, and, I've gone to some places, you know, like the the more fast foody Hawaiian spots, and you order a locomoco, and it's it's just not good. Went to Kings Hawaiian, and I'm I'm not sure like where they are as far as like the standard of like Hawaiian cuisine, especially in LA. But pretty solid locomoco, I have to say. Good burger, eggs are good, rice is great. the The gravy was solid, so I, mm. I highly recommend. I guess if you're looking for some Hawaiian cuisine and you can't make it to Ruts, try out Kings Hawaiian. You, they're not just known for their their desserts but or their bread yeah or their bread <laughs> yeah uh but how about you a dev how, how was your week uh not too bad other than going into the office on way more days than i wanted to but we we had like a department dinner uh, there was a halloween happy hour which is pretty fun got to talk to my co-workers get to know people it was it was nice being back to some semblance of normalcy, given the circumstances. I believe we're also having an in-person holiday party this year as well, which completely took me by surprise. But your boy's going to go because I support. Uh, Also went to a Halloween party last night with some new friends, which I enjoy very much, and met some old friends there and made even more new friends while I was there. And then, you know, did my stereotypical A-dub, weekend outing just going to the local bar made my way to some after hours and you know just got into a little craziness but not too crazy because i just my senses aren't as attuned as they need to be (laughs) but i'm getting there i'm growing i'm maturing i'm changing and yeah just trying to move forward that's about it how about gaming a dub i know you uh you were definitely out handling business chatting up in women but uh, when you when you got home and, and it was time to get the sticks a moving, what were you playing? So I feel like a piece of shit because at <laughs> the very beginning of this month, I was making I was making a point of like this month, spooky month. I'm playing until dawn. It's happening, and it has not happened. Today is Halloween proper, October thirty first, final day of spooky month, and. I haven't, I haven't even booted up until dawn one time. Instead, I'd been playing Bloodborne. Uh, this past week, I played a lot of Forza Horizon 4 because Horizon 5 is right around the corner. No pun intended. And I'm very excited for that game to, to slide through on the home stretch, pun intended, so I can finally get that in my hands, play with that mid-engine Corvette, determine whether or not I want to use the quality mode or the performance mode. Digital Foundry says that both are outstanding. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, I also 
I also moved Darkest Dungeon back onto my console hard drive because people were saying like, uh, people were mentioning it when talking about other roguelikes. And I was like, you know what? I haven't played Darkest Dungeon in a minute. I didn't really understand the rhythm of that game. And I feel like it, it deserves another chance for me to come at it with a clear head. So booted that up. And of course, I, I understand it on a, on a higher level now. So I'm making a lot more progress, but in doing that, I'm also running into new hurdles. The main one being that once your characters reach a certain level, you can no longer use them for for low level for low level dungeons. So it's like, oh, my only healer is a veteran now, and she won't go on the lower level missions. <laughs> and I'm like, shit. Now I gotta get I gotta come up on another healer somehow. And then I did a DLC dungeon which gave my entire party an affliction that cannot be cured until I complete that DLC dungeon <laughs> and I also yeah so I also can't I can't remedy their stress levels or any of their their negative maladies or anything because there's a risk that anyone that they're in there with will also catch the curse and it's just like God damn it. So basically half of my roster is frozen and the other half isn't quite where I need to be in order for them to be viable. And the only way to make them viable is to do low level missions, which I've done most of. And my higher level characters won't go on the mission I need to complete in order to remedy everybody. <laughs> so it's just like this, this just, an uh, unbearably dire conundrum I'm in where it's like, all right, well, do I take my higher level characters on the new missions and take a risk of possibly stressing them the fuck out or like losing somebody? It's just, oh man, it's, it's a good game. It's very good. And they, they warn you along the way that, you know, the moment you boot up the game, this is a very tough game. People will die. You will lose things. They're gone forever. So <laughs> you know what you're getting into at the outset during the experience and as it's happening. Um, do you think so? That, I'm looking forward. As it, do you think it'd be a little easier to get through the game if it had a better save feature? <laughs> it, I, I'm trolling. I'm trolling. <laughs> I'm messing. Up. I, I know you're trolling, but the <laughs> thing is, I think it has too good of a save feature. <laughs> because like something will happen and I'm like, no, let me get out and reload. But <laughs> but it saves like all the time. So yeah. it's it's on the other extreme of what a save feature should be. But I like that in roguelikes where it's like, all right, you did this, it's canon now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I love that. I love that. But um played that. Also, I just on a whim, since I was playing roguelikes, you know, I played a bunch of returnal because they got a new update that we'll talk about a little later. But yeah, got back into that, and I looked over all the hidden trophies that are on my list. I'm like, oh, these are pretty attainable. So I decided that I'm going to try to get the true ending and Platinum Returnal. So I'm moving through that, you know, here and there at my leisure. So again, we'll talk about that a little later. I also moved over Galaxy to, to the hard drive space. I was like, uh... oh, this, this game... Yeah, <laughs> I, it, I, I honestly, I it's on my 
So obviously I, I got that game like a while ago. I think it through PS plus and I was literally just mm-hmm. eyeing it the other day. Like, is this going to be the next game I play? <laughs> but yeah, keep going. I highly recommend it. Yeah. But you know, buyer beware AFC. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've well, seen, no, I've seen you play the game. So, I mean, I know what I'm getting into and the game looked absolutely awesome. Every time I saw you play it. Yeah. And it's like riding a bike. I'm, getting the controls back uh i'm being reluctant to press any of the buttons but every new button i press it's like oh that's where that is it's like okay now i'm circle strafing all right now i'm turning into the mech charging my sword circle strafing around you dash boosting and knocking you in the walls catching your buddy catching uh, a meteorite uh, throwing it back at you <laughs> uh, it's great i gotta get i gotta get my defensive and evasive maneuvers back in check but yeah it's um there's the rogue mode where it doesn't save until you complete a chapter, which is the way that I played and completed the game back when it came out. Yeah, that was then there's also, show. yeah, but it, it also had like an arcade arcade mode where there were checkpoints along the way. But I was like, nah, this rogue like I'm playing that rogue <laughs> mode. I want that challenge, baby. Mm-hmm. And then it also has the void DLC, which has an endless mode. That's what I've been messing around with a little bit, and. It's it's kind of interesting. I'm in like the top 350 in the worldwide leaderboard, so it'll be interesting to see if while nobody else is playing this game, if I can creep up, <laughs> maybe snatch that number one headband. But yeah, man, that that game it's still awesome. And being on PlayStation Five, playing with backwards compatibility on PlayStation Four, it was always it was a little rough. There were performance dips, like the loading took a little more time than you would feel it should. But, you know, what means of comparison did you have back in the day? It just is what it was. On the PS5, load times are virtually non-existent. And it's it's just rock solid smooth. Like, no performance dips whatsoever. I feel like I'm playing on PC. Like, this game is, it's really got its, it's really got its best shot on PS5. So, I'm, um, I enjoyed that. I probably will be going back to Galaxy from time to time. It's because I needed some some starship, like just zero G physics based navigation in my life. Still waiting for chorus. I want to see how that is, and you know, it, I needed that. So, been playing those games. Have not been playing until dawn. But AMC, <laughs> what have you been? Two games. The same two games mm. put in some work on Super Mario 3D World, but mainly Bowser's Fury. Uh, with that, I will say, so I beat the game, rolled credits. Now there are these things, these cat tokens that you're collecting as you're playing the game. The cat tokens are basically what you need in order to face Bowser as Giga Mario versus Giga Bowser in their kaiju battle that happens multiple times throughout Bowser's Fury. And so you you collect those, and once you hit a certain milestone, then you get to do battle with him in a way that you didn't expect. And they're always awesome, and it was fun. We got to the point where we collected enough, the maximum amount, to go up and actually beat Bowser. And the credits rolled, saw the, you know, all the story narrative stuff with that game. So that's pretty much done. But yet there's still another, we'll say 50 more coins to get. So uh, there's still there's still a lot more to go back and enjoy with this game. Who knows if it has an an extra ending or maybe like a true ending. But 
the game was awesome as it was. So we're going to continue playing that until we officially beat it, get all the coins, and then we'll go on to our next game. Other than that, also been playing a little more Metroid Dread. Got some upgrades there. Don't really have much to say just because it's, you know, more of the same game. Absolutely awesome. Played a, a dope, a ton of dope boss fights and mini boss fights. The upgrades are, are good and fun. Things that you would expect from Metroid and in line with this game has thrown basically threw at you earlier on in the game and which you now have to then overcome some of those obstacles, at least in, in a more efficient manner. The only thing I would say uh, that I've noticed by playing the game is that it's it's very well paced. And I don't know, some games I think get knocked on this, but I will say with this game, you're constantly getting upgrades, uh, updates to certain weapons that you get, certain abilities, and then completely new abilities. And the thing that I would say that is best paced on top of that is... I, you know, Metrovanias are always known for going back and searching other areas once you get a new ability. And you would always feel like you had to backtrack. Whereas in this game, you're constantly moving forward, but also backtracking because you come across these teleporters and they'll take you back to a previous area of the map. But the thing is now that you've, you know, fought a certain boss or you got a certain ability, you'll then have access to a completely new area on an old level of the map. So you're not necessarily, and so as you're going back there, you suddenly end up in a place where you would have thought to backtrack towards once you got that ability initially, but since they had you go there just by, you know, just by playing through the actual, like pushing forward through the campaign, you're naturally backtracking in ways that don't feel, I guess, cumbersome and time consuming because you're just teleporting back there and moving forward and covering old ground, but yet in a way where you're discovering all these new things or you're you're then finding old items that you saw that you couldn't touch before. You can grab those as you're making your way to the newness. So it's a it's a great way to handle Metroidvanias that don't feel like you're constantly going out of your way to find you know older items that you had to pass up earlier on in the game but with that let's get into these topics of the week Top- topics of the- topics of the week you want to lead off a dub what you got so much news yeah, by the way you know, all the news <laughs> mm-hmm. let's let's start off big let's just give them the gusto right from the get-go we we got earlier in this week, I think it was on Monday, that we got the re-reveal of the Halo Infinite campaign. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so as you guys already know, Halo Infinite was delayed for like a year because people weren't too satisfied with what 343 Industries had to show off. Uh, they even isolated frames and things like, look, look at this space. We, we don't want to play this. So... They postponed the game for about a year. It's coming out December 8th, 2021, holiday season. And the re-reveal shows that all the extra time has indeed paid off because the visuals are vastly improved. You know that people were going to be taking screenshots of the new trailer and playing them side by side with the old trailer. Of course, there is a marked difference in the improvement overall quality even with your boy craig who's sporting some facial hair and a mohawk higher fidelity uh but with all this it still looks like the same exact game that they showed us a year ago it's just got a a new coat of paint however they showed us a lot more they showed us a lot of vehicle usage you know 
jacking people for their vehicles. Master Chief just going nuts out there, doing the impossible, jumping out midair, hitting another, hitting another ship with a rocket, grapple hook into another ship, jacking that, backflipping around the body as it falls through the sky. <laughs> like it's it's a lot going on. Uh, we got a little more insight into the story where Cortana has been disabled by an AI called the Weapon, but nobody knows why. So the Chief and the Weapon are together going after Cortana. Uh, and that's about all I really got. I mean, we know that Halo Infinite is going to be a more open style of Halo. In fact, it quite closely resembles what one would expect from a Far Cry where you have your world map, you have your icons, you have locations that have their objectives and you know points of interest, things to do, different ways that you can approach different scenarios. This is falling along the lines of what I've always wanted from a Halo game where you're in a world where the war is just happening and you're making your way through it rather than being you know, a linear campaign corridor crawl where it's nothing happens until you get there because it's all for you. So I'm very much looking forward to Halo, especially with this new coat of paint. I think 343 is doing a good job. We know the multiplayer is going to be crazy. People have been playing that. And we've seen copious amounts of footage that looks quite good. AMC, how did you feel about seeing Halo get its glow up? It was great. I, um, one, I didn't notice it's uh, <laughs> any of the differences. I know people will say like, oh, the character designs are infinitely better. And now I will definitely get this game. Uh, I, a, lot of, a lot of the reports I came across as um, I was you know, getting the breakdown on the campaign overview, they were just leading off with a, fo a, a successful follow-up to a disastrous reveal. <laughs> so uh, it, it was just one of those things that, you know, people needed to see more. And they finally got to see more, and it seems like it's it's been positive. Uh, the more that we see of Halo, people seem to be reacting well. I will say personally, I enjoyed what I saw the the gameplay loop of what of saving the captured Marines, going to banish going to banish bases to fight mini bosses, and uh, just seeing some of the uses of the weapons, seeing the RPG system. Yeah, I pulled the article. I pulled an article here, just like a breakdown. And so they're saying that equipment pieces will also be upgradable via the use of Spartan cores, which are items that players can likely find and earn as they play through the game. Upgrades will improve the effectiveness of equipment and in some cases may even expand functionality. For example, one upgrade shown in the campaign overview adds electric shock damage to the grapple shot. This gives it the ability to stun enemies and presumably EMP vehicles every time the player grapples onto them. So little details like that, seeing that, you know, it's not just the, um, you know, the straightforward Halo experience where, you know, I'm not going to say bare bones because it was absolutely awesome. But, you know, you you know what Halo is from the get go when you start playing those games. Normally you have your suit. Not much is going to change with that. And like the shielding, you'll come across weapons that you'll that you'll come across multiple times throughout the game. In fact, throughout the entire game. So there's never going to be real big surprises as far as upgrades to the Master Chief, other than just the big set piece moments. And so in this, knowing that there is an actual dedicated upgrade system so that weapons you get will, um, you know, 
later be, will be will function differently down the down the game as opposed to when you first were introduced to them and things like that knowing that the game will evolve i think is going to give a different feel that is going to be fresh very fresh for gamers that are very familiar with halo and what they've come to expect from halo over the years so i think that they're they have an idea of they have a good idea of what they wanted from this open world experience. And I think the execution so far, it seems to be in line with what people were really hoping. And because of that, I think, you know, there's a little more hope now coming into this December release. Uh, I know before, especially before the multiplayer beta, there were some, there were some hesitations. Like, I don't know if this is going to be the game <laughs> that saves the franchise. And mm-hmm. especially after that last reveal, I think back in, was it 2019? And so now seeing that the game was delayed, that they put in this work, and then on top of that, now seeing more of the gameplay loop, it all seems to be coming together. The multiplayer beta seems to be positive all around there. And so, yeah, I'm expecting Halo to do pretty well um, at, at launch. And we'll, we'll see. I know the numbers won't really won't really show uh, how the how well the game is doing? Uh, it'll all be word of mouth, because especially of with Game Pass. Is, yeah, exactly. Because of Game Pass, it's going to be more of the, the critical reception. Yeah, it'll be all about the critical reception as opposed to the sales. And so far, I mean, the game looks absolutely stunning. Um, I think it's going to be great, and I'm really hoping that you know it brings this franchise back to you know the prominence that we could expect. But yeah, Master Chief definitely know. deserves to have his time in the spotlight. In this in this new era of gaming especially with xbox also coming back to their time in the spotlight you know so it, it would be it would be very uh, i don't want to say poetic justice it's i don't know i just think it would be very well deserved for halo to to get that reintroduction to the world as that game <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly because there's too many franchises where it's like remember that when they put out that one game that was awesome <laughs> and then they're still putting out like they're five five games later and people are still thinking about halo 2 or whatever <laughs> like, exactly I'm glad, I'm glad like hopefully it seems like we're going to be moving on from that hopefully it's yeah. looking good so i'm excited let's right. get into our next topic of the week to- Top- topic, topic of, of the, the week, week. See, we can go in multiple directions here, but you know, we could. This is one that we had mentioned the previous week, you know, in passing. We knew that you know, Facebook was going to be changing its name, so we now know that <laughs> they're moving over <laughs> to they're going to be known as Meta, like Meta World Peace. But here's the gaming related aspect I was wondering about that because did they buy out Ron Artest? Like, what's going on? I know, and, and the funny part too is. The name change is very in line with why Ron Artest changed his name. You know, the whole Malice at the Palace where he went and, you know, tried to sock out some fans in the crowd after they threw some beer at him. And, you know, just he got suspended. Uh, Black guy on the league. Uh, He just, you know, his reputation completely tarnished. And he ends up coming back with a new name as Metal World Peace, completely rebrands who he is, wins a championship with the Lakers. And, you know, yeah. some people forget about like that one bad incident. Well, Halo, obviously, Halo, Facebook, obviously, is you know having their their moment right now where they're just completely, you know, just being, just you know, put out in front of public and bared nude, had all their clothes stripped, and people are just seeing all of their blemishes. 
and you know have all types of opinions on them and because of that they are now switching their name over to meta so we will forget about the evil halo that <laughs> apparently all the whistleblowers came out and let us know what was going on behind the scenes so was ron artest ahead of his time i think so i think as as always ron artest was ahead of his time he was also a, a, a great rapper apparently but let's keep it moving. So the gaming related aspects. Well, see of this. about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, so the gaming related aspect of this, starting in early 2022, you'll also see a shift from Oculus Quest, Quest, uh, now yes. being called <laughs> MetaQuest, and Oculus. Oh Africa. my God! I was just about to ask that facetiously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Oculus. Is it going to be the? The the meta rift. <laughs> yeah. And the Oculus app is now going to be called the MetaQuest app. Also, with that announcement, we also learned at the you know the Connect reveal that Rockstar Games, the classic GTA San Andreas, is in development for the MetaQuest 2. <laughs> Damn. So now you can get a new perspective on Los Santos, San Fierro, and Las Venturas as you experience. The whole new world, new old world of San Andreas. So, A Dub, how do you? Now how do you, you can really murder those hookers. Yeah. So, A Dub, how do you? How do you see San Andreas working in VR? I see it working into the hands of conservatives and Republicans the world <laughs> over. <laughs> I see. I see Fox News all over this. <laughs> oh man! I, I mean, I'm I'm sure it's gonna work well. GTA works in first person. We've seen that with uh, GTA Five. Uh, we've seen that with Red Dead Redemption Two. So it isn't like it doesn't work. If they design it, then it will work. So it's going to be very, it's going to be very interesting to hear people's impressions and to see footage of people running around in GTA in first person with freedom of motion with their hands. Like, but you're gonna, are you gonna miss out on how the combat works? Because CJ has styles, all of them sick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> are you gonna be, are you gonna be in the gym, like straight up repping the barbell? <laughs> are you gonna be really shoving food in your face? At the clucking bell, yeah. At that clucking bell. <laughs> are you gonna be, are you really, are you gonna be getting that? that hot coffee in first person <laughs> like even without the hot coffee like are you in first person gonna get the hooker in the car go <laughs> around the corner into the alley and then just watch her do her thing <laughs> i mean it is very interesting just from the aspect of you know the criticism of gaming and like oh like it's these impressionable youth and they can't handle this these these ultra violent video games and now you're going to be giving them a complete VR experience in that world of, you know, getting hookers and possibly beating them up to get some cash, yeah. things along those lines yeah. in first person. It will be, it will be interesting to see how that is all handled. <laughs> and if people, if, if society is ready for that, <laughs> when St. Andreas drops. I mean, I was looking at, um, cause Facebook, they now, they now have like a strip of, like videos, I think like TikTok videos, as you're scrolling through your feed and it's just like this row of videos. And I look at them from time to time because it's usually like dogs or cars and shit. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Well, one time it was, the caption read something along the lines of, I think I think I married a psychopath. And it's a guy with the VR headset on and the controllers. And he's like, he's facing a wall in his house. And he just, with both of his hands, He's pulling them back and pushing them toward the wall. 
pulling his hands back, pushing him toward the wall. And you just hear this crazy violin music. She pans over to the TV. Her husband, like, is holding a dude's head and smashing it up against a pole just repeatedly. (laughs) 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 To me, it's like, like, I get it. It's probably something that needed to happen in the game. But then with the way that he was doing it, it was like, he also seems to, like, be hyper-focused on this activity. You <laughs> must have really hated this dude. And it's like, now you're you're putting that kind of stuff in the hands of people. I doubt that GTA San Andreas is going to have the amount of interactivity necessary to deliver something as, you know, visceral and graphic as that. But even without that, still first person walking around shooting people. Like, I got into a mode where with San Andreas where I... I recognize what the drug dealers look like. So I was, I was Omar before Omar. I was just going around. I was going around the Grove, just taking out drug dealers and they would drop like five G's at a time. I was making so much money. And I was making a game of it. I walk up, he would ask me if I want to get something. I'd be like, nah, talk some shit to him. He'd back up, I'd pull a piece out, blow him away. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's, it, it straddles the line of, progress and necessity i don't think that it's going to balance both of those elements because especially for a game like that i don't think first person vr is a necessity so (laughs) it's going to be interesting to see how this is received the world over you know maybe we're so far removed from san andreas that it doesn't get the kind of numbers and exposure that would put it in in the crosshairs of politics or society in general, but you know, people tend to take issue with shit. I was going to say it depends. It depends on the news cycle and uh, you know, and it depends also on if, if there's a mass shooting of some sorts as you don't want to make light of it, but if there's any type of incident like that and they're looking for any reason to explain why that person would do something like that other than the guns that he has in his house. <laughs> I'm sure if they find that they have a VR headset with San Andreas, maybe that would be the first place to look. The guns that they have in the house, the relationship yeah. that the parents have with the child, yeah. the relationship that the the person, the lone wolf has with society, yeah. <laughs> their, their financial situation, none of that matters. They had yeah. San Andreas on VR. That's the reason. Rockstar yeah. defense. Yeah, exactly. Nah. But anyways, yeah. let's keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> on that, on that, on that sour point, uh, let's move into the yeah. next topic of the week. Ta- topic of the week. What you got? Let me see what I got here. Let me roll through. I said that's a quick hit. That's kind of a quick hit. Are we going to talk about the state of play? Let's get into the state we of play. Let's get right into it. So, as you guys know. Following the Halo campaign reveal, also worthy of noting, I, I think Sony does this all the time. Whenever Microsoft has some big news, there tends to be some Sony news either on the same day or just like within a very short period of time after. Um, the Halo campaign was re-revealed. Sony also put out some new information about Horizon Forbidden West with you know a little bit of new footage talking about how Aloy is going to have all kinds of new moves and you can upgrade our outfits and unlock perks and there's going to be skill trees, but you know, we're not going to go into 
that because there's, there's not much to dig into there. We covered it a little bit in previous shows. However, a couple of days after the Halo campaign was revealed, we had the state of play. We got to see some third-party games because Sony warned us about it beforehand. We got 20 minutes of the show. Let's talk about the stuff that we saw. Save the big one for last. <laughs> Let's lead off. <laughs> Let's lead off from the beginning. So Sony showed off a game by the name of First Class Trouble. It's described as a mafia-like game, and it's coming to PlayStation Plus. More on that a little bit later. In this game, you you you're either cast in the role of a resident or an imposter of sorts who's like a robot that looks like a resident and as the residents try to do their resident shit or you know get to a certain location it's your job as the non-resident to stop them by any means necessary so of course they say it's mafia like this will sound similar to a little known game that people <laughs> tend to adore <laughs> called Among Us. That's and, just making its yeah, way over to PlayStation. Just making its way over to PlayStation. So yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have this game from November 2nd to December 6th. It'll be free on PS Plus. AMC, how did you feel about First Class Trouble? Mm, yeah, it it actually didn't look like a bad game. It's awesome that they're giving it away for free, at least in the beginning, so that you could build up a little bit of a community because uh, that it's clearly a game that <laughs> requires having multiple people go on. You know, the off of the, the I'm not going to say cult-like, but just the, the massive success of Among Us makes sense. You know, the, the thing I thought about was kind of like that idea. Again, I know people got upset at Fortnite, but you can't, you can't it's a mode and you can't say like well i i now have copywritten this mode and so i'm glad because we're seeing this game come out which is you know it's definitely fresh off of the success of among us but it's also it, it it has its own feel to it but you're also still doing very much among us type things and among us was you know pulling from mafia and so this game looks uh actually fun I'm curious to see how people will take to it and to see what like really can be done with it um, because we only saw like a glimpse, but it does seem like it would be a really fun experience, especially to be the, what's it, the the Android, the humanoid Android <laughs> in the game where you're going around fucking shit up, stabbing people with, with syringes as, as a nurse and <laughs> just being an overall, you know, pest. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this game looked look, look cool. I mean, obviously, let's just keep it i'm not going to be too negative here um but yeah looks looks like a game that has potential i'll say yeah it has potential yeah definitely has its own vibe it looks very similar to what you would expect like bethesda to make if they did an among us kind of spinoff within the vaults of fallout so that's pretty cool it's got a it's got a nice like you know mid 19th century aesthetic to it but moving along <laughs> We got King of Fighters 15. We got the beta starting next month. So yeah, the beta for King of Fighters 15 starts on November 19th, runs to November 22nd. It's going to include eight playable characters with online matches and an offline training mode, uh, fighting fighting games still going still breathing <laughs> <laughs> i mean there was a time people were like oh the fighting game community oh my god 
But, you know, you're still getting your fighting games. If you're into that, do your thing. But if you aren't into that and you're finding that fewer people are into that, then that's just the natural evolution of a genre. And you just got to deal with it. AMC, how did you feel about King of Fighters? Especially when they showed off Dolores. Dolores was hot. Uh, other than that, you know, it's a fighting game. Look, look great. Mm-hmm. Look fun. I'm sure uh, it'll show up awesome at Evo. Just looking at that little bit of gameplay, I liked how the combos were chaining and all that good stuff. But, you know, yeah. look mad. I just watched it. It looked like a, it looked like a fighter. <laughs> That's all I got to yeah. say about that game. Yeah, it looks like what it is. <laughs> looks like a fighter. Moving right along. Moving right along. Uh-huh. <laughs> Let me see if we have First Class Trouble. Another interesting game that Sony showed off. And I feel like they kind of suggested or hinted toward this game being revealed in um, the state of play that occurred before this one where they let off with, they let off with like this live action of these like just futuristic aristocratic looking people coming in different parts of the city all getting together to play games or something or other because they have revealed this was an interesting one i mean it looks it looks crazy it looks incredibly stylish it's a battle royale it's set in the let it die universe uh if you guys remember let it die i believe that was a game from grasshopper manufacturer and (laughs) gung-ho i think it was a pseudo 51 game or something like that but it was it was kind of a souls-like it was free to play and yeah, you just, you go through, you, you're killing people. I think you're fighting against other, either other people's characters or other people alive. You're also fighting against the environment, all kinds of enemies. So Let It Die was interesting. I played it for a little bit, got what I was looking for out of it and moved on. But this Battle Royale set in the Let It Die universe looks even more stylish. You got all kinds of weapons and just... It's, it's absolute zaniness. You're running around the city. You're jumping off of buildings. You're kicking people off of ledges and jumping on them. So got a lot of fatalities going on. As I said earlier, it's very stylish. I don't know what exactly to make of it, but the game features PvPVE combat, crazy weapons, and lots of character customization. Personally, not something that I would be into. I'm just not that into Battle Royale games or online games in general. However, AMC, I would like to know what you thought about the reveal of Death Verse. Yeah, I'm not going to go with the uh, the tired take of not another Battle Royale, how there's not enough room for another Battle Royale, and that's why this game is going to do bad. This game does bad, it's because... Dead on arrival. Yeah, if it does bad, it's just because the game, the gameplay itself isn't that interesting. You know, it, it actually... Gameplay-wise, didn't look terrible. It's just there was nothing in the trailer that was drawing me in. There's nothing in the trailer that said I need to play this game as opposed to any mm-hmm. other game. And so that that would be my one knock on it. I will say, as far as if I'm trying to just be positive here, it had a, a ton of fucking character. Um, remind just reminded me of if you were to say you, you like battle royales, or now here's a Japanese version of a battle royale because it had that type of personality to it, that type of energy to yeah. it, uh, which you know people people love. They could gravitate towards. I mean, if Near Automata had a battle royale, that that shit would be zany as fuck. Oh. And oh. yeah, Deathverse in that vein. Ultimately, you know, not a game that is on my radar, but I mean, we'll, we'll see how it does when it drops. 
it kind of looked like an anime inspired PUBG. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way I can describe it. But yeah, like you said, a lot of character, third person. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're, you're running around. Like, you have elemental powers. It, it, you're doing combos. You're doing fatalities. It's got a lot going on that if you're into these kind of games or you were really into Let It Die, I think it has a lot to offer you on those levels. So it'll be interesting to see how people respond to this once it comes along. And then we got a game. <laughs> and then we got a game that we've seen before, but had no idea that it would be appearing on PlayStation consoles. Uh, they revealed that Death's Door is going to be coming to PlayStation on November 23rd. And now I feel as if I should have just waited. <laughs> I bought Death's Door uh, pretty, pretty soon after it released on Xbox. So... I have it. I haven't started it, which is why I'm feeling like I could have just waited. At the same token, though, I wanted to support the developer. This was a very awesome looking game. It's from the makers of Titan Souls. And in addition to it coming out on PlayStation, if you pre-order it, you also get Titan Souls for free. So if you want to get two games for the price of one, that might be something that you're interested in. Uh, Death Door reviewed extremely well. Like I said, Outstanding art style. It's got a isometric camera angle. You're solving puzzles. You're fighting enemies. It's it's combat system looks similar or inspired by something like a Hades, something like a, a tunic. If you follow that game that's still in development, waiting for that to come along as well. So, yeah, I can't say that I recommend it, but personally, I like the art style. I like the way the gameplay looks, it reviewed well. People who have played it have nothing but good things to say about it online. So it might be a sure bet for you. AMC, how do you feel about Dev Store coming to PlayStation? That's great. I don't own an Xbox. When I saw the initial reveal for Death Store on Xbox, I was like, fuck, that's an awesome game that I can't get because I don't have an Xbox. Now that I know it's coming to PlayStation, even better news for me because I can now play it. So that game has been on my radar and is back on my radar, has stayed on my radar, but it's back on my radar. The way it was intended. Yeah, with haptic feedback. Uh, So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to eventually playing the game where I'm a crow that fucks up people with with my red lightsaber. Is is he a Sith Lord crow? What's, What's going on there? So with Death's Door, you basically work for death and you go out into the world to collect souls. But sometimes there are these rogue souls that are powerful and they they aren't too keen on being captured. So you got to go out there with your red sword and bring them back. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so the game looks absolutely awesome. Devolver Digital, I mean, whatever they get their hands on, if, whether it's publishing or or developing, uh they they just do a, they have a they have a quality of work that at this point, you can expect uh, just that you're going to get their their seal of improvement. And I think this game looks like every bit of that. And so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that whenever it drops on the PlayStation. We got another game that you might want to look forward to. Mm-hmm. We just got an announcement that Star Ocean, the Divine Force, has been announced for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. <laughs> yeah, so... Brand new Star Ocean. I mean, this is a long-running series. I think uh, I played Star Ocean 2 on the PlayStation 2. I also played Star Ocean till the end of time on PlayStation 3. Had a lot of fun with it. Don't recall if I completed it. But it's it's a nice 
action RPG style game. It's got combat that's like a very rudimentary style of of Monster Hunter in by comparison. But I mean, I believe Star Ocean was around before Monster Hunter. So maybe Monster Hunter has just a more improved version <laughs> of Star Ocean combat. But Star Ocean, The Divine Force is coming to PS4 and PS5 in 2022. Uh, it's going to feature two main characters with a bunch of party members. Uh, the trailer showed exploration of a very wide open world, some very inventive traversal mechanics, such as this guy having like, I don't know if it's a robot or a Roomba or something on his back, but he's able to jet boost himself through the environment you're basically flying you're hovering in the air you're looking for where you want to go you're dropping in on the enemies for the surprise attack before you get taken into the battle screen it's like it's going to have massive boss battles just like i said the environments are very very large and open so if you're a star ocean fan your next installment is on the way amc how did you feel about what you saw from star ocean the divine force Anime as fuck. JRPG as <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I will say this. The good thing about this is it's another example where you can point to PlayStation gamers that everything isn't Western woke trash mm-hmm. <laughs> that's coming out on the on the PlayStation. I saw mm-hmm. I saw very anime looking women with, with titties out while piloting a ship making no damn sense. But it's it's there for you if that's what you look for. If that's the only thing that you come to PlayStation for, you got Star Ocean now. So, you know, it as you said, it seems like a game that has, you know, has what you would expect from this know, from these style of action uh Japanese oriented games, you know, character action, but you know, very open world-esque, like um you know jrpgs i don't really have much else to say about this because it just wasn't interesting to me at all but i'm just happy that it's there because we need variety for the people who complain about everything yeah i definitely understand your feelings because it it wasn't exactly in its prettiest form it was a little rough around the edges i think that's the general consensus online but going back to your point about it showing that playstation isn't all about western games it's like you know, we've been hearing the mantra of how Jim Ryan is anti-Japan, Sony censorship. Uh, they, they killed a Japanese studio. They're not. This PlayStation's no longer the home of JRPGs. It's, well, here's one. So, you know, you that kind of runs counter to that whole line of thinking. So we'll see what the future holds. But in the near term, it's Star Ocean Divine Forest. Uh, we also got to look a new game from the Five Nights at Freddy's series, Security Breach. This is is coming out later this year on December 16th. Uh, It got us a new trailer. I have no idea what Five Nights at Freddy's is all about. I mean, if anything, it reminded me of this Nick Cage movie where he has to fix up an amusement park, but it's full of like possessed animatronic robots that are trying to kill him. And he's trying to save these kids while, while it's going on. So that's kind of like what Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach is about. It's got these, you're inside of this this amusement park or laser tag fucking arena. And these animatronic monsters are coming after you. It looks, it almost reminds me of Manhunt where you're trying to lure 
the killers into situations where you can then kill them. So, yeah, sorry. I don't know what to make of it. Not a not a, someone who's experienced Five Nights at Freddy's, so I can't say whether or not I'm a fan of it. AMC, what did you make of what you saw? Yeah, I mean, this is actually the most interested I've been in a Five Nights at Freddy's game. And that's not saying that I'm I'm super interested in this one, but I will say I at least as I watched it, I knew what was going on in that it's there's a lot of stealth elements. It seems like you're just trying to survive, which is its own cool aspect. I believe it said like you you want to survive like six days or some or maybe the five nights. Maybe that's what it's all about. And you're just God stuck in damn. Yeah, and you're just stuck in this uh I don't know, amusement park. Uh, the the aspects that they did show were pretty cool. Like the, you jumped inside, you jumped inside an animatronic yourself and tried to make your way through, I guess, through the environment without being detected. Uh, you, you saw just the the character using just certain objects around the amusement park. Uh, even a nod to The Simpsons, where I believe the character took a flash like picture or just a flash of the animatronic and it started short circuiting. That was in an episode of Simpsons where they went to itchy and scratchy land and the animatronics yes. suddenly went nuts and started trying to kill everybody. Bart mm. finds one of those disposable cameras, flashes it on accident. And then it ends up, uh, you know, short circuiting the robots. And that's when they suddenly start fighting. That's when the humans started fighting back and it, it had aspects of that. So it seems like they're, aware of you know just the genre in the past and i think i think the game looks like it'll be fun for it's you know the diehards of the five nights at freddy's franchise once again not necessarily a game that's on my radar but for what it is i think it looks like if not one of the better versions of five nights at freddy's is what i'll say well we got we got some big news and a big Mm. reveal a classic reveal a sleeper hit of the year reveal. Yes. <laughs> we got some bug snacks news. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the Sony has revealed the first free update <laughs> to one of the PS5's weirdest games, The Isle of Big Snacks. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to be a free significant update to bug snacks it's coming out early next year uh what you're gonna do is you're gonna increase the size of bug snacks this expansion takes place on a new island that appeared from the bottom of the ocean and there will be at least a dozen new bug snacks to catch there's also hats you got you got houses that you're gonna turn into homes (laughs) it's got a little animal crossing vibe going on with it and it's just all that bug snacks craziness that you've come to know and love or have decided to already hate preemptively so you know pick your battles but you're gonna have more bug snacks to contend against amc how did you feel about the return of the goat yeah it seems like bug snacks they know what they are at this point which is great and they're like you know what let's just explore the world of bug snacks and that's what they did in this update that's all what looked like a, a celery praying mantis of some sort and all other types of bugs it was i great. love that one yeah it was great just seeing bugs with like bowler hats <laughs> and things along those lines um yeah, I mean, it's fucking bug snacks. Uh, the people who would love bug snacks, this is just something to them. I'm just happy to know that there is actually a 
post-launch development timeline for bug snacks because i thought that that was what we got at launch was what we were gonna get uh of that game they thought it failed they yeah. thought it died yeah. <laughs> so to know that this game is continuing to have you know updates and free updates on top of that you know it might there might be a, a greater reason to come back to this game and for people who you know were sleeping on it they're like oh no this game is getting supported so maybe i'm going to use this as an opportunity to jump back in that it could be a it could be a father-son game mm, yeah it might be a theo a theo dad game <laughs> dad get the celery, get the celery <laughs> yeah he could learn all his foods from bug snacks mm-hmm. 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 that was <laughs> and now we get to the last game. <laughs> the real uh, big game. <laughs> uh, finally, finally. <laughs> yes. Yeah, uh, the, the game that some people would say that you could have skipped the whole show to see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we got new gameplay from Little Devil Inside. Yes. Yeah, so this game was this game has been in development for a long time. A buddy of a buddy of mine and I have been following this game since it was like first announced to the world, like long before Sony decided to make it a, a console debut for the PS5. But watching this game come along has been quite a, a surprisingly impressive journey. You know, I, I was already hooked just based on the art style and sort of the dynamic combat system that was the ultimate hook of the game where it's it's kind of momentum based and just the animations are generated on the fly based on you know your character's positioning what you're having them doing what they're doing it against so it, it was nice seeing all those systems broken down on the technical level and and knowing that this is in production and it's going to become something and boy did it mature uh back in june when sony had it on their stage it had gotten a severe visual overhaul which just really brought it into the high quality production space something i didn't expect but i am greatly pleased with and now with it being shown yet again on this recent state of play we got a more in-depth look into the content of the game itself, like where you are, what you're going to be doing, who you're going to be doing it with. Because up until this point, Little Devil Inside had been shown as little more than a straight up action game with its own unique charm and a little bit of zaniness along the way as you're fighting off bush people and other other kinds of animals and things. But it really didn't give you an idea of exactly what the aim is or how you'd be making your way through the world of Little Devil Inside. This time, we've got to see a bit of that. Uh, The trailer starts out with our hero, or our main character, known only as Billy, sitting at a train station. A train pulls up, beautifully rendered, like very picturesque coastline, looking out on the ocean, got the mist, depth of field going on. It's got this blend of almost photorealism along with these cute little characters in this cartoony kind of style. But yeah, we see Billy waiting at the train station. The train pulls up, Billy gets on the train, the train pulls off. Once the train is in motion, the camera shoots out into this overworld view where you're looking at what looks by all accounts like damn near a satellite photo with you know some artistic 
some artistic freedom taken with it, but you're basically looking at an overworld map of what some would say they want modern JRPGs to look like. Some is me, some is AMC. <laughs> but yeah, looking at that, the train's moving along. Suddenly it zooms back into a 2D cutaway of what's going on in the train. You see Billy sitting at a table. He's looking through his inventory. He pulls out a letter. He reads it, even, got, even has a signature in the text, which is kind of awesome. It zooms back out. You're moving along, you get to where you're going, you get off the train and you're moving your character along the overworld map. You get to a place, it zooms in even more and you get to a, a higher detail level version of your character in the location proper. You're speaking to NPCs, you form a little party, you hop in a car, you're driving off on the overworld map. You run into a herd of sheep blocking the road you have some some options that come up for you to interact with this hazard. You get the sheep to get off of the road. You move along. You get to a main location. You're speaking to people in there. And then things start to come together into what might be going on with Little Devil inside. You're being contracted to go hunt for a monster. And as you're being led to the contract giver, you're thrown into a swimming pool with no way out in a shallow bit of water and you're attacked by three massive tentacles. So it looks like there's gonna be some double cross, a bit of intrigue as you're exploring this world. Uh, you're going to be going to different kinds of locations. This took place in a mansion, but it looks like there's more rural areas. Like I said, there's coastline, there's footage of your character fishing in the open sea on a buoy or perhaps the top of a, a submarine of some sort. There's snow-capped peaks where you're gonna have to negotiate the terrain with a, with a trusty pack mule that's being a little stubborn as it gets deeper and deeper in the snow itself. I, overall, it looks like Little Devil Inside is bringing quite a bit to the table that no one could have possibly expected. So AMC, I wanna get your perspective on what you think of how Little Devil Inside is coming along. Man, uh, this was... This was the game that justified the uh, the state of play. I will say, as I've always said, you know, when people look at state of play and are heavily critical of it, it's always like, why is it not just rapid fire? Bang, 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 bang. I just want all hits, only games that I'm going to buy. If they show me anything else, then it's a failure. For me, I have a very different barometer, which is if I get through an entire direct state of play Xbox ID, whatever. Uh, if I can get through one of those and see one game that I will buy, then I consider it successful. And so, yeah, this this is the game right here. This is that one where it's not even like, oh, this is a game that's interesting to me. This is a, oh, shit, like I am almost guaranteed to day one this thing, unless like for some reason, just things just derailed completely by the next like showcase of the game. Everything I loved about it was there, uh, just on full display with the as you mentioned that world map, I'm a, I'm a nerd for great world maps, for great world map events. And this had all of it. A game that I played that I really enjoyed was Banner Saga, tough ass fucking game, but really great because it's all about you just going on this journey. And as you're going on, uh, events occur and you have to work your way through them. And this game has all of that, but just with the charm that can, that is just right up my alley to, for something that I can just get through an entire game just by enjoying the look of it is how I would describe it. 
But even on that, yeah, just as you walk through and all the different things that happen where you're moving and you see the sheep and you have your options, the sheep get the fuck out of the way. Then you make your way to the mountain and you get to the house and you go inside the house and then a butler kicks you into this this vat of whatever. Um, there's, there's so much going on and so much intrigue and mystery in this very charming package. And so it just has, it's checking all the boxes of games that I have to play. And so, yeah, I can't wait to hear more about it. If I don't hear any more about it, it has everything there. And on top of that, you said the combat, like it just, it seems like a more polished gang beast in that like very fluid action and uh, very funny action, but yet not like gang beast where, you know, gang beast is what we held down a button. He just held on to the side of it and it was just pure chaos this seemed a little more controlled in their group combat element that they showed during the game and so because of that it has like a little bit of everything that i appreciate in these style of games and so this this is definitely the game you end one of these showcases on and it definitely you know people say like well, why do they do this they have i guess they just they have their obligations to their third party you know relationships and so they have to do these showcases to showcase their games and it's very effective when you have good games to showcase and this was a great game. And so I, yeah, I can't wait to play it. Is that all we got a dub for the state of play? That's all we got for the state of play. I know we shared our opinions, trying to remain optimistic, even in the things that don't exactly garner our interest, but there are other people yeah. who, got, who feel a little yeah. differently. Yeah. So we got troll of the week. week. Troll, troll of the week. week. Troll of the week. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, so we got some trolls coming at you sideways from the state of play. First troll says, Wow, what an embarrassment. LOL. An embarrassment. Next troll says, Yes. (laughs) Next troll says, So no true next gen exclusives. Yeah. A couple things. Uh, for one, Sony had already announced beforehand that this would be a 20-minute state of play dedicated to third-party titles, so to expect exclusives is a bit ridiculous. Even even though Little Devil Inside, what console debut exclusive, I'm sure one or two of those games is probably an exclusive, but it's third-party stuff, so what did you expect? Second of all, we've already been told that we're going to be getting cross-gen games even exclusives at least for the near term i know q1 we got horizon as well as gran turismo and we also know that god of war is going to be cross-gen but what has not been shown to us are any exclusives that will be coming after those so let's wait until the bigger shows or when sony tells us that they're going to show us exclusives why you get mad about something that you didn't have Next show says, I knew it would be trash, so not any more disappointed <laughs> than I already was. <laughs> First of all, like how how are you not any more disappointed than you already were when you hadn't seen the show? <laughs> mm-hmm. like, you can only be disappointed after what you see. You can't be pre-disappointed. But uh, next show says, play is in a rough state, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Nice little play on words. Mm-hmm. Next show says, Sony just didn't drop the ball. They broke it completely with this awful showing. Uh, 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 there's no more ball. 
we were gonna go home. Sony came came on the basketball court, took the basketball, and popped it. Yeah. <laughs> Next show says amazing games that aren't here. <laughs> you need to try harder, buddy. Uh, Next show says my expectations going in were extremely low, but somehow Sony managed to limbo under my low expectation bar and deliver on a true waste of time that I cannot get back. What a horrible show. What a horrible year for Sony, really, software-wise. <laughs> well, we got Returnal, which is in Game of the Year talks already. I think Returnal already won a Game of the Year award from some publication. But, oh, wow. Know, just throwing that I'm out a I'm going to call uh, it now. <laughs> Returnal. <Yeah. laughs> Halo ain't got nothing on it. <laughs> but, yeah, Halo, I mean, Halo. Returnal already won a, a Game of the Year award. I mean, we had Ratchet and Clank. We had, well, we didn't have Demon Souls this year, but what a horrible show, what a horrible year. We had Ratchet and Clank, we had Returnal. I mean, at least we have two legit next-gen exclusives for Sony, and the ball has only just begun to roll. Like, it still hasn't even been a year yet. People <laughs> still doubt on this console. Like, damn, man, give it... Give it a couple more years. If by year three, things aren't looking up for you, then yeah, let's start, you know, talking crazy with the hyperbole. But until then, let's chill out. Consoles are a long-term investment, not an immediate satisfaction machine. Last troll says, this could have been an email. (laughs) (laughs) That was my favorite one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> that that has its finger on the pulse of of current events in pop culture. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I mean, overall, shame on all of you guys for expecting anything else out of this state of play. <laughs> they told you what it was. You could have decided to watch it or to not watch it. And then from there, it's like, what? We saw a new JRPG. We saw a new Battle Royale game. We got news about the King of Fighters 15 open beta. We got little devil inside news, which nobody saw coming and was definitely very appreciated, especially to see the state that the game is in at this point in time. Looking forward to it. So it's, you know, at some point you got to accept some personal responsibility for your feelings and for your actions. Sony's doing what they can. They're getting games. We saw bug snacks. <laughs> what can you get mad at? AMC. All right, let's move into the next topic of the week. Topic of the week. All right. Oh, we got an update from Marvel Studios, a dub. They have have a new partnership. And that is with Skydance New Media. This is why this story is important, a dub. Skydance New Media, the new interactive division of Skydance Media, helmed by award-winning writer and director, dun-dun-dun-dun, Amy Hennig announced today a partnership with Marvel Entertainment to develop a narrative-driven blockbuster action-adventure game featuring a completely original story and take on the Marvel Universe. Verse, 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 verse. Say, Dub, you know, people are always asking what's going on with Amy Hennig and where what's what's the biggest title that she's working on but now we know a dub she's working on a marvel title so my question to you a dub is what what do you expect of this game and is there any i guess 
prop characters that you would want to see her work alongside with? Well, being that they've uh, announced it officially in this capacity, the main thing that I'm expecting is for it to be done. <laughs> like some of a couple or maybe one or two past projects that she's been on, you know, she was, she had the star Wars projects over at EA that didn't get to see the light of day. It just wasn't coming together on the development end. That's in no way any fault of hers. Uh, she didn't get to see uncharted three through to completion for Neil and Bruce took over. So with this, yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing her get some more finished products back out and get back into that rhythm of shipping finished titles. Uh, I really don't know what I would want to see from her, but I do know that whatever it is, I would like depth and nuance to it. Maybe something with a lot of characters. I'm seeing people throw around X-Men a great deal. Which I was, which honestly would be a great fit for her. Uh, just, I feel like that whatever she does, it, the Marvel universe is so rich that she'll add to it and take it to a level where it's competent and deserves it. Like I can't, I can't really think off the top of my head of anything I want to see outside of maybe actually, hey, maybe she could do a Fantastic Four game and really get that family drama worked in there. Get Ben Grimm being all surly. <laughs> what would you like to? What would you like to see? I don't know because, like, yeah, part of me is like thinking. So with her and you know being able to great write for these great characters, uh, if she would be better served you know, with a game that's focused on maybe one protagonist and, you know, still could be part of a team, but um, is really focused on like one main protagonist in that way. And so, yeah, X-Men, that would be kind of cool, but I don't know if she would maybe, like it'd be one thing where like, it's like Wolverine's the main character, but the X-Men are in the game. Uh, so yeah, because of that, it's, it leads me more towards like, would she be working on a game like a Daredevil where it is focused on like one singular protagonist and you know you're gonna bump up against uh you know co-stars and you know famous enemies that we've seen within the rogues gallery of daredevil but uh that's that's where i would actually kind of imagine that this is gonna this is where it's gonna go and so because of that yeah it'll be interesting to see which characters yeah we haven't really we haven't seen a daredevil game um they could go in many directions maybe like was it like moon nighter or um moon knight i should say um and yeah, plenty, plenty of other maybe even like was it um captain marvel even if she were if they were going to give her a game it just depends on how how they're connecting it to if they're if they want to connect it with what's going on in the cinematic universe i know they said it's original take but you know sometimes like marvel looks at it as like it doesn't have to be a game that's necessarily based on what's going on narratively in the movies but we're going to use characters that you know, are being showcased at the moment as a way of, you know, cross-promoting our products. And so because of that, you know, we've seen Eternals, Shang-Chi, uh, Hawkeye is about to get his series, uh, WandaVision showcasing Wanda. So I, I'm really curious to see if this is going to be connected more towards the characters that we, that they plan to show us in, I guess, this next phase of the Marvel universe. And so, yeah, they, they could go many routes, but uh 
I'm, I'm hoping that one, I'm just hoping that this is a great game. I know people build her up as like, she can't miss as long as the studios, the, the, the executives get out of the way. <laughs> and so, mm-hmm. yeah, you would like to see Amy, like just kind of like now get her due uh, very much in a way that, you know, you see Kojima where it's, it seems like Kojima is just given the blank check and he gets to put out his, his, his vision that he's always had. And so you want to see that from her. Yeah, uh, thinking about it, I would like to see them take on a, a hero that's a little more, a little more grounded. Not necessarily the the big powerful heroes like a Captain Marvel or a Thor or something like ones that go on intergalactic journeys. But they could do something way more grounded and realistic, like you said, a Daredevil or even something along the lines of a Jessica Jones, where you're also an investigator. So you're you're questioning people. You're you're looking at crime scenes. You're putting together clues, and you're super strong. <laughs> yeah, so, that'd be interesting. Because I mean, yeah, I know you're saying like uh, characters that aren't too big, but I mean, uh, a Scarlet Witch game <laughs> would be absolutely Ooh. fucking dope. Just because there's so many possibilities, and with that, with the whole aspect of magic, there's a whole upgrade path there. And you know, we saw in that little glimpse where she's just fucking combing through that <laughs> through that spell book or that whatever that yeah. is um and so yeah there's there's a whole game that is just ready for her if they decided to do a scarlet witch style of game and you know that's that's the other aspect of it that's why i threw out captain marvel in that you know uh a female-led game uh that's led by a female mm-hmm. protagonist we don't get a ton of those from the superhero universe uh we haven't mm-hmm. gotten uh you know even like a wonder woman game and so yeah um maybe that might be something where they would give her, you know, one of their popular Marvel female leads to then take off. I mean, Jessica Jones game that you mentioned, that would be absolutely fucking amazing. But yeah, they have, they have their options. It'd be a day one for your boy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Let's keep it moving Let's get into to the our next, next topic of the week. Top topic top of the topic week. Topic of the week. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What you got? Huh? I got, got a little update. I got a little info, got a little follow-up to a story from last week. Uh, As you guys may or may not remember, uh, we mentioned that there was a mysterious six-gig patch for Returnal that was in beta. (laughs) Nobody knew what its contents were. We had a little speculation, nothing concrete, no clues. Well, we got the concrete today, and we're laying it down into a sidewalk that is walking you along the path of your dreams because it's finally happened, AMC. All the whining, all the complaining, all the begging has come to fruition because Returnal has got a save system. Uh, 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 <laughs> I can now play. Yes, Returnal's update. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Returnal's update adds a save system as well as a photo mode that nobody's talking about. <laughs> but it adds a save system and it works in very much the way that it can only work for a game like this, where it's along the lines of Fallout 4 in survival mode, where you have what's called an exit save. So, what you do is you go to the start menu. You go down to suspend cycle. You do that, it generates a save file and instructs you to back out of the game and close it so that you no longer have to keep your console in rest mode with the game suspended being the only thing that you can utilize until you either complete the game or die. So yeah, it's here. 
it fixes a longstanding issue that people have had with the game, an issue that have prevented so many from even giving the game the chance it deserves. Luckily, the game was financially successful anyway without those, without those fans who just couldn't get over the concept of playing a game that doesn't have a traditional save system in all or part. AMC, how do you feel about this news? Yeah, I think it's great. Uh, so, you know, being how... I would say being diplomatic, but this is just how I, I feel about games. It's all about how good is the game first, and then the quality of life just enhances all of that. Returnal, by all accounts, I haven't played it, but already looked like a great game. The suspend feature, it's pretty much what Hades has, and this has been the comparison. It's like, well, Hades has it, so why doesn't every other roguelike have this thing? And I think it's a great addition, because I will say, when I was playing Wizard of Legend, there were times where... I would get like just a great run and then I would die. And then it would be so, you know, there'd be this, this, I'd have to do this math where it's like, okay, it's 1230 right now. I want to go to bed by one. So uh, a run in wizard of legend takes about, uh, about, I think it took about like close to two hours. I'd say an hour and a half, maybe like uh, more yeah. or less. And so, yeah, you, you needed to have that time kind of allotted which is fine. I always set that time out. But the thing is, though, if the game, if I beat the game or if I died in the game at around, you know, 1230, even 1215, it's like, well, if I start another run, I'm not getting to bed until two. And so that's that's just not an option. And so having those suspend features, it does allow you to then the, the convenience of starting up another run, but knowing that you could still hit, like, say, your bedtime so that you're not all fucked up for the next day. So because of that, I, I actually do appreciate this. Uh, I am not one of those people that feels like the game was unplayable until they put in this suspend feature. I played plenty of roguelikes without it. I played Wizard of Legend without it. Incredibly enjoyed all those games. But yeah, having that, playing Hades and having that option is just a great convenience, I'll say. And so because of that, I think it's great that they added this into the game. But um, for all the people that acted like now it's a good game, now it's playable, I think those people are still on the same old bullshit and this is just they can look at this as a victory but I, I think it's just one of those things that it's it's just a good thing to have in these style of games yeah speaking of that bullshit <laughs> we we got a bunch of it in another troll of the week troll of the week troll of the week 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 yeah it, it was it was so much news. Like it, it was a toss up between what kind of trolls we were going to be picking. And we decided we were going to go with two batches. So we got you Returnal Trolls on top of your state of play trolls. First troll says, oh, good. I've been holding off on playing this because I'm an adult and can't do six hours straight gaming sessions anymore. <laughs> six hours. Well, newsflash, buddy. You never had to do that for Returnal in the first place. A run generally takes about an hour. You can't carve out an hour of time here and there to play a game. Why are you gaming in the first place? What are you doing with your life? Next troll says, game should be put on PS Plus by now. You mean the financially successful, highly rated game of the year contender that is like one of the earliest next-gen only exclusives for the PlayStation 5? Nah, son. You need to pony up with the cash and play one of the best games that's out right now. Next show says, third biome, third boss, no further. That's it. 
frustration, not rage quit. First of all, what does that have to do with the save system? Second of all, third boss, like that was a turning point in the game for me because that was that was by far one of the most incredible boss battles that I ever played. I beat it on the first shot. In fact, I beat all except the first boss on the first shot. The game can be difficult. The structure of it can seem very punishing. But if you endeavor to understand the content and the mechanics of the game, you will realize it's much easier than you think it is. And, like, it's bullet hell, man. You see all the attacks coming. It's not like it's a Souls game or any other game where you have to read the motions and the range of the enemies. It's like, okay, all these bullets are coming in seven straight lines across the, across the screen. Get over them. Oh, all these bullets are coming from random directions. I probably need to dash through them. Oh, these bullets are coming in a vertical line and they're coming a little faster. I need to move a little faster and get out the way. Like, Returnal's not throwing curveballs at you, so you can see everything coming. You can respond to everything. What's up, gamers? Next troll says, it's a game, dude. It should be accessible and respect your time. I always feel like there's an air of entitlement that rolls off of the phrase, respect your time, because it, it doesn't seem to me like any of these games disrespect my time. Like grinding has always existed. You know, there's always games that have more unlockable content than people have time in the day to unlock it all. And then there's games like this where the value that people place on a given run is vastly overstated to what they should be appraising that time at. It's like a given run isn't as important as your progress on a given run. It's not about where you are or what you have at a particular moment in the game. It's about you getting to the next milestone, beating the next boss, getting the next permanent upgrade, banking your permanent currency so that you can use it to unlock items and artifacts that will uh, appear randomly in the game to help you along. So like respect your time. It, it feels like people are really saying that they want games to basically lay down for them and allow them to pass instead of challenging them. Because every time some little hurdle or some little challenge that's beyond their skill level emerges, suddenly a game doesn't respect your time. It's like, well, if you have so many other things to do, go to those instead. Next troll says, now I can save a spot where I'm at and come back later when I'm not frustrated at this game. Uh, newsflash, bucko. If you're bouncing out because you're frustrated, all you're doing is postponing future frustration. Because it's like saving in Returnal isn't going to be the, the solution to beating the game because you still have to beat the game. The game is still tough. If you're getting frustrated, that means you're not understanding the game and you're not performing as well as you should. So you're not going to beat it. Just, so saving is just giving you... It's like if you would take a meal that you're not enjoying and put it in the fridge to eat it later. <laughs> Next show says, hey, now I might actually play the $70 game I bought. Why did you buy it in the first place? Next troll should have been a day one feature. 
So this is a two-parter, actually. This show says it should have been a day one feature. Uh, a response a response to that was, that's not how the game was designed. Glad they patched it for the wah-wah babies like you, though. Wah-wah-wah-wah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Next show says, nothing like solving problems you created, eh? <laughs> Apparently, the developer created a problem by not implementing a system that they determined was not necessary for people to beat the game. And seems to have not been necessary because people have beaten the game. You made it a problem yourselves, gamers, and it's not even a problem. Last troll says, still not buying until a proper save system is introduced. Don't need video games that will stress me out when they're supposed to relieve stress. I uh, don't quite agree there. Video games are not supposed to relieve stress. People play them to relieve stress. People play them as escapes. However, games are designed to challenge us. They present us with circumstances and sets of rules that require us to learn those circumstances and sets of rules in in order to overcome the challenges that they put in front of us. It's the satisfaction and the feeling of triumph that we get from overcoming those challenges that gives us the sense of relief, that gives us the sense of victory. AMC, how do you feel about all this? Yeah, I mean, people sound like the usual bitches, the whiny bitches, the wah-wah bitches that that guy pointed out. Yeah, I also like the guy who's like, this should just be on, was it on um, PS Plus? It's like, so the game that you want nothing to do with, mm-hmm. you you want it, though, on PS Plus. <laughs> so that, that's always for free. Yeah, you don't want to pay for it, but you want it. <laughs> yeah, so that's basically the guy that's like, I'll wait for I'll wait for a sale. I'll wait for a price drop. It's like, so you want you want this game. You just don't want to pay for it. But you want this game. Let's, let's get that straight. So all these people, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that they were going to be upset no matter what because the game is hard. And so they're going to nitpick every other feature of the game without getting mad, without just saying that. It just comes down to the fact that they don't want to actually try to beat the game. They just want it to be, they want it handed to them. And, you know, you could do that. You could just pay somebody. I know a lot of people, what is it? They complained when Sony added in all those um those hints and things along those lines that developers could put for their games so that you could go on PlayStation, check out the hint for how to beat like a certain boss, a certain area of the, of the game. And then, and people are like, why would they put this in there? I don't understand it. People also complained when Sony quote unquote took that patent for AI assistance <laughs> to help you play through the game. This is all the reasons why they put that out there. You want games to be accessible? Well, now, now games will basically just be played for you. Um, and so, yeah. All that, all that crying, all that bitching, you know, you could be happy. You got this suspend feature. It's not an easy mode, so you still got to try to get good at the game. Uh, but yeah, quit, quit your bitching and just play the games for what they are, for how the developers intended them to be played. Stop trying to make games good. Games are already good. And if they're not, then you have yeah. no business playing them. Yeah. stop trying to make it like stop thinking that you're saving a game (laughs) yeah game is fine yeah the people who make the games have a better sense of how to make games than Mm -hmm. regular folk do like it's just respect my time that's a that just bothers me so much it's just Lower the challenge, lower the barriers that you've set up for me to overcome because I don't feel like getting good enough to overcome them, but I still want to see the rest of the game. 
where it's supposed to be more challenging. <laughs> it's, it's utterly ridiculous. I mean, it's, if anything, the lack of a save feature was kind of a real life suspend feature for people who were just going to complain about how tough the game is because now all that's been postponed by six months. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> where people were, where people have been complaining about the save feature and haven't been getting into the game because of that. Now that they have the save feature and feel like they got their victory, they're going to realize that the game is still hard. Like, well, for them, not for me. But, you know, it, they're going to realize that it's still something that you're going to be dying a lot. And I, that was that was made apparent before the game came out. So it'll just be interesting to see how many people are surprised that the game that they didn't want to play because it didn't have a save feature is still something that's going to kick their asses relentlessly. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top, top topic, topic of, of the, the week. week. All right. Uh, what else do we got here? This will be a quick one. Quick hits. Yeah, we could do some quick hits. Resident Evil Village has now shipped five million units. This is All right. Uh, they Capcom let us know that they're outpacing its predecessor, Resident Evil Seven. So yeah, uh, Resident Evil Village looks like to be a hit. Another an, another one. Also, uh, not another one. I'm not sure if it's. I'd have to see how, how where it is on the, the game of the year discussion, but yeah, the game seems to be doing well, at least for its community. What else, yeah. what else you got? Quick hit. Quick hit. Sony introduces new PlayStation PC label. So this label popped up recently as the publisher for Days Gone on Steam. Uh, Video Game Chronicle reports that the name was registered back in April. It further solidifies Sony's intentions for PC, suggesting that PlayStation intends to bring plenty more games to Steam in the near future. AMC, does this make your money wasted? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go get a power PC with a special cooling system and and a solid state drive and and, and, and and five five monitors. Um, Yeah, it's cool. I mean... It seems like they had this initiative, especially they've been putting out, you know, on the on the sly, they've been putting out some mobile games and yeah, they're going to do this PC thing. So it seems like they're kind of branching out and, and diversifying and why not? I mean, we've already seen some games ported over to PC. So now why not put like a dedicated label on top of that? Absolutely. Got another quick hit for you. Yes. Sony has now sold 13.4 million PlayStation 5 consoles. All right. So this is record-breaking as it puts them ahead of where they were at this same point in time in the PS4's life cycle, despite having supply issues and other resale-oriented issues that people just can't get their heads around. Oh, we got a quick troll of the week. Troll of the week. (laughs) Just a quick one. I'm I'm just going to look through the comments. One saying, that's a lot of scalpers. Mm. The next troll says, scalpers going to scalp. Next troll says, but how many people actually have one and how many are sitting in warehouses never to see the light of day again? Yeah. Uh, This... It, it goes on and on and on in the same vein. It, it just illuminates how little people know about scalping as well as 
how little they know about business in general. But the idea of scalping is to buy something that's in high demand so that you can quickly sell it again for more money. <laughs> Scalpers aren't just hoarding PS5s to do something that nobody has quantified yet. Like what's, what, what do people think the end game is with this idea that they're hoarding PS5s and warehouses? That's not how anything works. Scalpers are in this to make a quick buck. If the buck can't be made quick or the buck can't be made big, then they're not going to be involved. Most, if not all of these PS5s are or will make their way into the hands of consumers because game sales for current gen keep going up. Consoles stay sold out. So they're being bought. Uh, PlayStation Plus accounts, not Plus accounts, but you know, PSN IDs and stuff keep getting attributed to these things. Like more and more people are talking about their PS5 games and their experiences with the console. It's it's getting out there. So it would be nice if they sold it in store, but it feels like you know these are the kind of people where if they don't see it selling, or if that person that they know who's also a gamer doesn't have one, then nobody has one. It's not happening. I don't see it, so it's not real. AFC, how do you feel about people who keep trying to blame scalpers as just the scum of the earth? Yeah, uh, I mean, it is what it is. Returnal, I mean, Returnal wouldn't be a financial success if, you know, people didn't actually, if, if gamers didn't actually own PlayStation consoles because who would have bought all those games? Um so yeah, same same with like Ratchet and Clank. Who would have bought all those games if gamers didn't actually own some consoles? So yeah, we're not denying. Yeah, we're not denying that you know scalpers are out there and they are buying up consoles. But you also can't deny that like when I look at my friends list, I see that half of the people have PlayStation fives. So people are getting their hands on them. It's just the relative ease of getting a PlayStation five is still still not quite there. You can't walk into a Walmart and it's just sitting on the shelf. You can't walk into a Target and it's sitting on the shelf. You got to know the delivery times and all that bullshit. Or you could go online, but hit up Wario64, one of those dudes, and wait for an announcement and then jump into one of those, you know, one of those uh, rooms and then hopefully get a console. But they are getting out there, and Sony's trying to get them out there. Uh, and you see that, like, anytime that there is an uptick in production, you're seeing that their numbers are going up so these numbers would have been even higher if they had the the supply there it's just that they don't and that's because of the pandemic we can't do anything about that but to blame everything on scalpers i, I think that's I, I i think people are just holding on to that but you know people have games there wouldn't be people all these people complaining about why aren't there more exclusives if nobody owned a PlayStation 5. So clearly that demand is out there. And so yeah, it's uh it's it's annoying that it does exist, but I don't think it's nearly as bad as people are making it out to be. It's just the fact that it's there. People are then amplifying it to a level that is now getting to a point where I don't even want to hear about it anymore. Yeah, it's just interesting how people continue trying to like trying to find a problem to fit their preconceived solution that it's scalpers that are the problem. No, it's not scalpers that are the problem. It's supply issues. Like there, there are even people who 
just defying all logic and basic understanding of supply and demand. Like if these were sold in stores, then they would have sold a lot more. It's like, no, it's not how that works. They're sold out. <laughs> all of them are sold. That's why you can't get one. They have made as many as they can make and they have sold them all. Just It doesn't matter where it's being sold because, oh, if it's sold in person and the scalpers aren't getting them, like that, that doesn't make sense. So congratulations, Sony. Congratulations, PlayStation. You're just breaking records, selling consoles. This is looking like it's going to be one hell of a generation. Might be one of the greats. Who knows? Uh, also, congrats to Microsoft, because I know some people can't tolerate any kind of positive praise of Sony without Microsoft being involved somehow. So congrats to them, too, for also breaking their sales records and coming back to form with the series, family consoles. They got Halo coming. They got Forza Horizon 5 coming. I'm excited. AMC, only half as excited as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a switch, so, so we'll I'm, I'm, I'm excited there. There but, you go. I'll have a switch. So maybe we're both the same excited because we both have PS5s and then we both have different secondary consoles. Yeah, you exactly. got Metroid Dread. <laughs> you got that Metroid. Yeah. I ain't got that Metroid. You got Forza on the way. Oh, oh you got Little Devil so inside. Amazing. Not Little Devil inside. You got Death's Door. So many doors. Yeah, but now, but now you got Death's Door yeah, coming I, November twenty third. Nah, I got Death's Door. Yeah, yeah so you gonna get Titan Souls? I didn't get Titan Souls. They punished me for really. Uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great time. Even better because of the pandemic, and that it got a lot of people who maybe had fallen out into gaming back into gaming. Um, we saw that like software sales have have gone up as well. So people are are buying games, even though apparently all games are bad right now. So it's, it just seems like the counter narrative of what the the counter narrative of everything being negative is, you know, you look at the numbers and it doesn't seem to to jive with uh, how things are really turning out. And so, yeah, more people are getting back into gaming. That seems to be sticking. People are still playing video games and you know, people are getting consoles and games and it's great. And so, yeah, hopefully we just continue to see this success because it will just encourage Sony and, you know, the rest of these developers to continue to put out heat because they know people are going to pick it up. So it's great. Great time for gaming. A dub. We got any more topics of the week? Top, Top, topics, topics of, of the, the week. week. No, nope, nothing else. I know you mentioned, uh, was it the Bobby Kotick took a pay cut? <laughs> So, we have the PS Plus games for November. Oh yeah, what else? What, what do we got there? Yeah, November twenty twenty one PS Plus games. We're getting six games this month because uh, to celebrate PlayStation VR's fifth anniversary, PS Plus subscribers are getting three PS VR games. So we'll start with those. You're getting Walking Dead, Saints and Sinners, The Persistence, and Until You Fall. Not having a VR headset and not having any VR games, I have no idea what's going on with any of those games. AMC, do you have any information to add there? No, nothing at all. <laughs> Maybe when PSVR 2 comes out and it's just knocking socks off, we'll, we'll probably dabble in the VR world again. So we'll see what's up. But for the soup du jour, the main course, I mean, I know those two things are not the same, but... We got the other three games, the main three games for PS Plus in November. You're going to be getting First Class Trouble, as we mentioned before, that's going to be debuting 
for free on PS Plus. You're going to get Knockout City. That's the the dodgeball battle royale game. <laughs> so we'll see how people respond to that. And the third and final game for PS Plus in November, Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. So Re-Reckoning, that's a game that I'm definitely going to add to my list. I don't know if I'll ever download and play it. But I had a good time with the original Kingdoms of Amalur. I didn't get terribly far into it. I think I got to the second of four or five worlds. They're just massive. They're expansive. I did have an issue with uh, the level scaling of the game, and I don't think that that was fixed with Re-Reckoning. So, it, you know, if I have a gap in my, my backlog or just the new releases, perhaps I'll fire up Kingdoms of Amalur and see how that remaster looks. AMC, how do you feel about the offerings for November 2021 PS Plus lineup? Yeah, uh, these, I'm going to say right now that I, I won't add any of these games. Um, so yeah, it is what it is. I did hear Knockout City isn't that bad of a game. Obviously, I've heard some pretty positive things about Kingdoms of Amalur. Um, maybe it's a good thing that we're seeing on PS Plus. I know there was a story not too long ago where developers on you know the original release of kingdoms on war were just getting paid <laughs> because of uh you know all of the mismanagement that happened with the studio with the company behind uh you know developing kingdoms on war and so seeing it on state of play or seeing it on ps plus maybe this will get some more money into that company and so to get more people paid that hadn't been paid who knows but um yeah i mean there seems to be a cult following behind kings on war and so this is another way to get that game back out there for those people who might have missed it or the people who didn't buy the the re-reckoning reckoning you gotta reckon once you get re-reckoned yes <laughs> so yes uh you got any more topics amc no nothing else i'm completely tapped out all right you got any final words before we get out of here uh well you got no excuse to not play Returnal anymore. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's see people get in there, give it a shot, and find something else to complain about. I'm really looking forward to it. Yes. All right, well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is AMC. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Sucker. Sucker.